I'm back, baby. Oh, my double crap. Do you know who I am? No, but maybe if you hum a few bars. Yes, sir, random kid I just met. You know, this man's forgotten more about pain than you'll ever remember. About pain. About forgetting about. It's Jake C. Lee. I am the low rating that cancels your program. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. Don't be jealous because I'm attractive. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you're serious. Let me laugh even harder. It's time to check the link. I like that. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Hooray! People are paying attention to me. It's all in sports. Game on, everybody. It is Jake Seeley. It is Chris Meany. It is all in sports. Yes, and we have some big news coming, so be ready for the week of April 8th. That's all I'm going to say. A little tease there, and if you want more of us, you're going to get more of us. That's a little more hint there, but it's going to be only a special way to get it, and you'll see. And we also have more people of more of us. So, Ooh. a lot of yeah, a lot of stuff coming, but I got even a little squeaky there. So that's a, that's well, it's an exciting there. time. So you know, it is. Blame you. Well, and the thing is that's great about it is what you said to me last night is there's so much to talk about that one show is not enough. And hopefully we get to everything today because there's football, there's baseball, there's basketball, there's freaking MMA. You know what? Let's just get that one out of the way. Do you believe Conor McGregor is actually retiring this time? Um, no, I don't, but I, I understand it. Like, I, I get it. He's He's a little ticked off. He... He, he expects a little bit more. He wants to be respected, and he doesn't feel he's getting respected by the sport. And, you know, he's done a lot for the sport, you know, over the past few years. He's been a huge name. I don't follow it, you know, all that closely, to be honest, but I know who Conor McGregor is. I know every time he's fighting. I know all the drama that he gets in. I, I like, I follow that. I'm, I'm definitely aware. So uh, I think he feels, you know, like it should be boxing. Like Floyd Mayweather picks his fights and chooses his fights, and he's done that over the past, you know, you know several years. And I, I think McGregor feels like, you know, he should have that kind of precedent as well. But, you know, I, I, he's a lot of talk. So I think he's just talking right. I'm sure we'll see him back in a, in a couple of years, maybe next year or something. Well, so here's the thing. I could actually see this being the end this time. The first time obviously wasn't. And it was just a lot of contract stuff. But apparently his whole whiskey is doing mm, so amazingly. That's right. That he's making a, a crap ton of money, which I guess, which I don't understand that. By the way, when did whiskey become such a big thing nowadays? Like, it's like, is it a millennial thing? Because I, I know, and we're fringy, and I, I know millennial is kind of not what it used to be as the joke it used to be. Like, but that's still that generation of people that are late 20s, just scratching the 30 right now, and Conor McGregor is 30 on the nose. Is is it that thing was like it's all this like oh go get a good whiskey go drink whiskey like I was hanging out with somebody at Tout Wars this two weekends ago or whatever it was and we we're scrolling through his dating app and it was funny because we were doing is like hey, there's a lot of screenshots I took some of them they're like you know look going both ways I'm not saying that you know we're amazing and we can laugh at everybody but you know some people are opening themselves up to, to laughter is all I'm saying right. but the other part of it was there was a lot of like well first of all girls. Enough with your damn adventures. Like, everybody wants to go on a damn Oh, love adventure. Oh, this is just taking you on an adventure. I don't want to go. Shut the hell up. Who doesn't like to go do things that are fun? Enough with the I want to do adventures. Take me on an adventure. I love adventures. There's so many of those. But on the flip side, also, I was going to say, there's a lot of people talking about, like, going out and you know, get drinks and love some whiskey. And whiskey, whiskey. I'm like, where did girls and people in general drink this so much whiskey? 
Yeah, I'm. I mean, I don't have the answer to that. It's it's a it's a very popular drink. It's it's not my first choice. <laughs> I'm not a huge drinker, but I I've never you know really honestly enjoyed whiskey. Um, to be honest, you know things that like things that burn your throat. Yeah, no, it, it's it crushes it crushes my throat. I I don't yeah overly enjoy it, but I mean you know it gets the job done. <laughs> I'll tell you that so <laughs> quickly. Hey, real quick before we move on, here's a so I'm gonna come back to Connor real quick, but yeah. the dating thing. Yeah. You're gonna love this. This one girl took a, a huge stand. I was really surprised she puts this on her profile as you know really stepping out there and. And going against the grain with this, and the fact that she hates racism. I mean, what, oh. what a bold move to make in 2019, lady. Yeah, well, good for her. She seems <laughs> she's got a good head on her shoulders. Um, not good to like racism. So, oh, I, I was shocked. Yeah, yeah, she should just... be proud of herself. You know, <laughs> not everyone can say that these days, though. Uh-huh. So anyway, real quick on Connor. The reason also I could kind of see it is because he has lost two of his last four fights. And yes, it's one loss, win-win, loss. But the last two that he loses, one was to Nate Diaz. He won the rematch, and that was the crazy match. Yeah, that was wild. That was what happened. But he lost to Khabib, too. He loses both by submissions. Did you know his four losses are all by submission? I'm kind of thinking that if you look at him and his wins, every six, almost... He's got 21 wins. 18 of them are knockouts or TKO. I'm not saying this is in his mind, but maybe it is. Maybe it's just, you know, when you're that kind of style of a fighter and you're starting to lose a step, and I'm not saying he's not still amazing and I'm not going to still want to watch and not still think he can win fights. Right. It's just maybe he sees that he's on the Gronk precipice and then we're going to talk about him next. There's a great transition about people retiring. Is He's kind of like at that point where he's like, you know what? Why? If you know, if I'm if I'm not elite anymore, if he knows he's not elite anymore, if he's making a s ton of money with whiskey, you know, maybe he does come back as you said. I mean, Floyd Mayweather retired 17 times. Right. If somebody comes back and it's like, hey, here's 50 million dollars to headline UFC 250, I'm sure he'd come back for that. But I think outside of that, I actually I believe this a lot more than I did the first one. Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point, you know, and it's, you're right, it's a beautiful transition. Both of these guys are 30 years old and they've both accomplished a lot you know, at this point in their lives. It's it's crazy to think that they really only are 30. So, yeah, they've they've established themselves as, as great athletes and great in their sports and, you know, they're at a point where they can move on and be successful without taking, you know, so much of a beating on and off the field and the court and the ring, whatever it is. So, yeah, he, he 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 probably will come back though. Like for one special, like one event, off, like yeah. one yeah, one special event, one off, whatever it is. And you know, I I read something yesterday that he wanted to fight with a certain guy, and and, and again, I'm not, I don't follow it too closely, so the names are slipped my mind. But then this guy was like, "No, I don't want to fight you. I'm fighting Diaz, for example." So I think that's where McGregor just feels like he's being a little disrespected right now. So he's just like, you know what? I don't have to prove to anybody or fight anybody right now. And to your point, I'm going (laughs) to roll with the whiskey business because he's going to be extremely, (laughs) extremely successful. And plus there's some other, you know, investigations, you know, so some sexual yeah that, that well, that's kind of i don't think that's the reason but there's also some other things going on in his life right now too that he should probably uh, well if you look at it we're about to hit ufc 236 which means we're probably going to get past i'd say 250 looking the turn of the year so you're looking early next year 
you know, a good amount of time for, as you mentioned, whatever the situation with that is, hopefully he's innocent. We don't have another situation. Like this is actually just beginning frustrating sports in general. That's an entire show, another story for another day. Yeah. Uh, but to your point is like, maybe the whole thing kind of blows over, not from like, it's not okay. You understand people, right. you understand what I'm saying. It's, yeah, it's for sure. Know, you know, the names out of the way, like he can go do his thing in his whiskey, comes back, gets paid huge for 250 gets the fight that he wants. And all right, so so Connor, to, as you mentioned with Gronk, is why I said it was a perfect transition because Gronk retired. I don't think this is surprising at all. I, it's, it's weird. I don't know how to put it, Chris, because it's not surprising. Like, it's like, oh, Gronk retired. We kind of heard the rumors. We saw this season. At the same time, part of me still is a little bit surprised because it's like, wow, the Patriots and – football without Gronkowski like I just it's it's weird processing it yeah it is weird because yeah you're right for the last you know nine years he's just him and the Patriots have been just so dominating they've just been they almost it, started at the same time by the way Conor McGregor 2008 so yeah it's, it, it really is a beautiful transition and it's I mean two dominant athletes and how they both had a lot of success in the same age started at the same time as you mentioned and yeah, it's, you know, and some people don't believe that Gronk is actually retiring either. I, I am on the side that he is retiring. Like, a couple people think that, you know, Brady or Belichick can just give him a call in a couple months and everything is blown over, his body's feeling a little bit better, and, you know, get that itch to go to training camp and start another season. But I think this is I think this is it for him. And last year was, was definitely, you know, if you watched him play, and he was amazing in the playoffs. He really was. Like, he was blocking against the Chargers – Against the Chiefs, he was really dominant. Obviously, he had that big catch in the Super Bowl game. He was still a factor, but if you watch him just throughout the season, just his body, it's just, he's taken so much over the years. I mean, you just look at him, the big arm brace. I mean, multiple back injuries and knee injuries. So I, I, I truly believe that this is it for him, and he's going to go down as one of the best tight ends. Not the best one overall for me. I still think it's uh, Tony G. Tony Gonzalez is still the best tight end. Uh, okay, so I'm glad you're going there because it's a great conversation to have, and we're not going to mention the person who just continues to get attention for himself that goes the other way and says he's not even in the conversation. He's not even – what did he say? He wasn't even top 10 or something stupid like that? I don't – I don't want – no. I don't even want to spend time. I don't even know. I didn't even hear that, so I'm glad. It just doesn't uh, make any just, sense to me. Uh, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> – don't, don't can, make my blood boil. No, no, no. And it's just the fact of, you know what? Kudos. Again, I've said it years ago. I'll continue to say, it. figure it out. If you sell your soul a certain way, you know what? You get to be a millionaire and do exactly what you're doing. But you know what? You sold your soul to do it. <laughs> because you say <laughs> idiotic things like that. Ron Gronkowski, Rob Gronk, not Ron. That's his brother. Maybe he's coming to the league this year. Oh, Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I, I appreciate the fact that you bring up Tony Gonzalez. I think that you could have a conversation. He's the best ever. I'm going to say he is the best ever. But I think that here's, a, here's where I'll draw a parallel. Is I could, I'm not going to sit here and have this huge debate with you of why I'm right and you're wrong because it's similar to the Michael Jordan versus LeBron versus Oscar Robinson. You don't right. get to see some of these guys play against each other. It's different eras of the sport. Uh, Gronkowski is playing in a much pass heavier, even though Tony Gonzalez was pretty passive. But Tony Gonzalez wasn't in this league. And you could make the case, and you could make the argument, you say, could you imagine if Tony Gonzalez played in this? At the same time, you can say Gronkowski's such a freak. And that's where I'm going to lead with this, is the fact that when Gronkowski was healthy, he 
ruined football. Like they're not ruined in a good way. Like there was nothing you could literally do no. to stop Rob Gronkowski. It was like Wilt Chamberlain all the way back in basketball. There was nothing. He he was a pass blocker and one of the best, and still people underrate that aspect of his game. He was unguardable by a linebacker or a safety or a corner, sometimes even bracketing, not even sometimes, bracketing him didn't even work. There was nothing you could do to stop Ron Gronkowski. And that last drive, which won the game, which is just so frustrating, and I think you and I talked about it, like a lot of people said the same. I can't, this is the Gronkowski that frustrates you as a non Patriots fan. It's like, there's nothing, nobody can stop him. Like, no. where did it come from? You were terrible all year, and all of a sudden, boom. You show back up for that final drive. Kudos to him. Yeah, it's just like one one little bit of you know the last little bit that you had in the tank is is almost what it felt like, right? <laughs> it's like I mean, you're just, on that empty, and maybe you're going downhill, and it like kicks. You're like, oh, I can make it to the gas station. Yeah, because if you look at some of his numbers in 2018, I mean that's what it that's what it was, right? Like career lows basically across the board, and and especially in terms of averages, right? He just he just didn't have it. I mean, he only had three touchdowns. 14.5 yards per reception. I mean, that was that, that was extremely low, a career mark of 15.5. Uh, man, he hit like 26.1 one year, like unbelievable stuff. And he, you're right. He was just such a beast and so dominant, triple coverage so many times and still coming away with the football and touchdowns. And what he did in the playoffs, like let's not, you know, we know, we, we all know about the Patriots and the success that they've had. But I mean, 16 career playoff games, 12 touchdowns over that span over a thousand yards that's a season in its low and it's in its own 16 games 1100 yards 12 touchdowns like this guy was 81 catches this he he was a complete beast and throughout the postseason and just you know he was he was so fun to watch and he's going to be fine too jake it's another guy i mean he can, i don't believe you're a big wrestling guy i don't know if no. he's going to go that way but acting 100 he's already done that he's been in entourage episodes movies he's he can he can make a complete brand for himself he'll be fine <laughs> no doubt yeah. about it but yeah I, I you're don't right different the wrestling. he's already he's already kind of he a year ago kind of debunked the whole Squash wrestling out, yeah. thing yeah like i can still see him showing up and think that he's not going to become so I, I don't know how those bets would work in vegas with the you know the odds of him doing things but mm. one of them is wrestling but does that count if he just shows up it's one thing as like so i don't know but in any case to go back with the parallel that was going to draw him why i'd say he's the best ever in my opinion and it comes to the argument of whether or not this person was a Hall of Famer, and he is definitively. And the conversation, though, for this player was before his final two or three seasons. It was Randy Johnson. And at the time, it was about Randy Johnson's sixth or so season. It was after the World Series. It yeah. was when he was at that peak level. But if you remember, Randy Johnson was a late starter. Like, like late starter as in his play quality and development. Right. So you had this basically six years of oh, my God, this guy is so good. He is by far the best pitcher on the planet. You know, something like we're talking Pedro Martinez level. We're talking about like the – and the conversation started was, is he a Hall of Famer? Like if he retired today, and this is just the conversation they had back then, was if he retired today, is he a Hall of Famer? Because do you take five or six amazing years or do you go the Frank Gore route was the compiler? And to be honest with you, this is going to sound crazy to some people – I don't know. This is a discussion, again, another one for another day. I don't know if Frank Gore's a Hall of Famer it, because he's amazing, but is it amazing that he's just been so consistent for so long? Or like, even if you take his peak years, I mean, I guess you could take his peak years in a football, then you have the whole Tiki Barber versus, which I, you know how I went with that one, with the whole um, yeah. Terrell Davis argument that Terrell Davis got in all three amazing seasons. Right. But 
it comes down to that. It's like, which way do you go? Like, what's long enough? Like, is it three in football? Is it six? Is it not? Like, but I think every case, I don't think there's a definitive answer is what I'm saying. I just think you have to take it by case by case basis. And Gronkowski for even an abbreviated time was, in my opinion, if I'm going to the Hall of Fame and you could tell me I could pick one spot for one football player and my choice is Rob Gronkowski or Jason Witten, it's going to be Gronk is not even a question. Yeah, I'm. Oh, I'm with you there for sure. I, I I thought you were gonna say Tony Gonzalez, and I'm just like, uh, and, and Jason Witten. Yeah, is another guy who you know piled up a lot of catches and a lot of yards. And, and to your point about and that's Gore, why I brought him up. Yeah, Gore's a good. Gore's always a good debate too, and that will be a great. I mean, he's coming back again, so he's gonna continue <laughs> to rack up. Or you're like he's gonna. What, Dude, he'll, our kids like, are gonna be watching Frank Gore. Play. I mean, yeah, he'll pass. I believe he'll pass Barry Sanders this year maybe he'll flirt with that right i mean and that's and you're looking at somebody who's played 15 14 15 years or See, whatever. and there's a perfect example right there that you yeah. just named like is anybody ever going to have no. a debate on who the better running back is <laughs> no no yeah just because he's just because he's up there in that top four with like smith and peyton and sanders like no or you know he's past ladanian and and no like you know what i mean like he doesn't belong in that conversation just he's just there with with some of those numbers but yeah i'm with you for gronk it's it was it was a short time and a lot of injuries and some seasons I think there was a couple where he only played seven or eight games, but yeah, again, he was just so dominant when he played in the one-on-one coverage. I mean, that was just a little example of it. Like you're again, we joked about it. Like this is a little bit of gas left in the tank for this guy in an opening drive and Brady and the Pats, they cannot score any points. Oh, let's just go to the guy that we've done it <laughs> all the time to one more throw Gronk. And it was a Same beautiful minute. throw. And it was a beautiful catch and everyone was around him and they couldn't do anything about it. That right there is how I will remember Gronk going out on top. And that's, that's really how he went That's out. Another good way too. Yeah, it's the Michael Jordan. Is you know what? Yeah. I yeah. There's no question of what I had, and then Michael Jordan ruined it with the whole Wizards nonsense. But yes. you know, just retire and go on top. Like the, 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 Joe Montana with the Chiefs. Like all these. Like does anybody really even care about that part of their careers? No. It's it's no. you remember the great. Like if you're done now, Gronk. You know, here's the one thing I will say. Similar to Connor, I'm not going to say there's a hundred percent chance he's retired. Like like. There is a non-zero uh, uh, number here that he is coming back. And the one scenario I could see is, you know, 10 games into the yeah. season, 12 games into the season, and he's feeling fine. And they're, you know, what they always are, 10 and 2, 8 and 1, somewhere around, like I said, somewhere around that 9, 10, 11, 12. Right? And also it's like, hey, we still have no answer at tight end. Tom Brady gives him a call. You know he's answering the phone for Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know he's picking it up. Yeah. And you're like, hey, you think you got it in for like four or five games? I mean, you're even not going to even have to play the first couple games. Like, just come back this week, start practicing with us. You know, we'll get, we'll get you in week 15, two games before the playoffs, and we'll be ready to roll. Like, I could just see that happening. Me too, and I don't think he cares uh, a lot about, you know, looking foolish, for example, if somebody like Brett Favre retiring and coming back next week or retiring and coming back. Like, we've seen that before with some athletes, and it's like, it, it's like okay, just leave already. You know what I mean? Just stay or leave, make up your mind. Wait, Brett Favre I don't think retired? 
<laughs> no, I, I, I don't think he cares at all about that. Like, he, like to your point, I could see that. I could see, I could see, and it would have to be Brady because you know Belichick's not going to give him a call. It, it would have to be Brady. Brady would have to give him a call. Get well, that Belichick, but he probably wouldn't understand. Be like, Are you want to cover some football? I'm partying right now, Bill. Like, <laughs> Am but, I drunk or can you just still not talk? Like, I, I don't know which one it is. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you know, he would have a big smile on his face when Brady comes calling. You know. The ringtone is probably special to his heart, and like, he'll have a big smile. And and yeah, it, it, that is a possibility. And like I said, I don't know if he's completely, completely done. But you know, if he was, he went out the right way, man. With you know, what? Oh man, just so much success on the football field, the Patriots. It's crazy. <laughs> this is the start of it, I think. Like the beginning of of the end. I mean, I really don't know how much Brady has left in the tank either and what they're going to do with a quarterback. No, Cause you know, what's going to happen. It's not going to matter anyway, because as football is football and all the teams are going to Noah fans just going to fall to the Patriots in the first round. And we're just going to be like, you know what? Screw you. I mean, that's just going to, that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, the division is starting to get a little bit better. Anyways, bills are starting to make some moves. Jets are starting to make some moves. Uh, Slightly, slightly. I mean, it was brutal last year, right? Completely brutal. Is it better better just because they all switch teams? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Miami has got to be the worst football team on paper. I think maybe them and the Bengals perhaps. So they'll, they'll still win the division, have a home field game. Dolphins versus Cardinals. If they don't draft Colin Murray and stick with Josh Rosen. I mean, I, I think I think Arizona. I think Arizona wins the game. I mean, David Johnson, Larry Fitz. Oh, I was going to be I, okay. I thought you were going to say Arizona's worse. I was going to say I still think the Dolphins are worse. So I'm with. Yeah, them. the Dolphins are worse. The Dolphins are complete. They're complete. Have you looked at that roster? Yeah, I mean, they it's they close. brought back Parker. Did, That's did what I, I, I was that actually right? surprised. <laughs> it's just like what? Okay, right on. Who's the quarterback? The Par- well, as of right now, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, that's right. They got back. They got Fitzpatrick last. Like, what a joke! They're such a joke of an organization, and I guess there's nothing that they can really do right now besides Pat, completely. Our rebuild. friend Pat Mayo asked me about that yesterday. He said, "What's the over/under on games Ryan Fitzpatrick starts?" And he put it at six. And I said, "If they don't trade for Rosen, yeah. it might be over because I don't." The, Obviously, if they draft somebody in the first round, it's going to be under because it'll be just like, all right, four games in, it's time. We, we need right. to make, make the move. I just don't know if there's going to be somebody there because it's going to either be draft lock, lock, or Greer high, or it's going to be like trade for Rosen after the Cardinals draft, you know, Kyler Murray. Or I just, I don't know. I think that if they do come out with somebody, obviously that's going to answer our question. If they don't in the first round, it might be. It might be Fitzpatrick for the entire year. Yeah, I could see it being him for the – even if they do draft someone, Jake, like to your point, like yeah, maybe after game four or five. But what's, what is the point? Because, you know, they're just going to be losing football games. They don't have a lot in the wide receiver core. And he's not really going to learn anything from him under the fire in, in, in the first season. So I think Fitzpatrick, as long as he stays healthy, even if he's throwing three picks a game, whatever, like they'll just, get, they'll just put him out there. And Pat, you mentioned Pat, we were doing League of Leagues the other week and he wanted Kenyon Drake. I'm like, really? He's like, man, there's no one there. They're just giving him the ball like 30 times. It's like, I know who you took a great narrative. Sure. Like, hopefully that happens and it, and it should, but I, I mean, still don't have too much. Do you wanna, I know. Who, do you want to bring up your last pick of the draft, 51st round? Oh, I don't even know what it is. Pat Pat did the last 10 rounds. I bounced. Oh, Man, I that's like an 11-hour draft. You want to know who your last pick yeah, of the draft was? I do. I do. Was it your pick? Devontae Parker. 
Devontae Parker. <laughs> nice. I mean, at that point, why not? That's I mean, what I said. Yeah, I mean, there's 50-plus so, rounds. Yeah. I go back to the Byron Buxton thing. I didn't want Byron Buxton. That's why I threw him out there so somebody else was sped right. up. Everybody was like, $1 and was going once, going twice. Jake's got Byron Buxton for a buck. That's, at that point, it's like, I don't want him. <laughs> but there's there's nothing but potential return for one dollar if it's I drop terrific. a one dollar player. You know, I think actually we joked about that yeah last week, and I think that's terrific, terrific value because there's so much buzz around Buxton. Like some people love him and still believe in the hype and would spend ten bucks on him. Right. And other people are are kind of like you and I were a little skeptical of what's going to happen. But listen, a good spring, not striking out as much. Like that's actually a positive. I know it's only spring, but last year during spring. He struck out like forty percent of the time, and this year he's showing it. Yeah, this year he's not. So for a dollar, I would say for a buck, man, you're definitely going to get invested. Actually, did you see that? I think what was the? I think the stat is either he was more or was very close that Travis Shaw this spring struck out more than Willens Ostillo did in the entire last season. (laughs) Yeah, and he only struck out three times. Three times last year. Three times. I'm I'm pulling up. uh, Wow. Fan, yeah. Okay, Fangraphs, you kind of creep me out right now. Um, I just pulled up Fangraphs, and you know when you type into the box and it auto-puts like players in there before you even start typing yeah. anything? Yeah. Guess who's at the top of the list? Willens? Willens Ostadillo. Ost- He's the most searched guy. That's what it is. I, that, I know, but it's, even a, it, it's he, creepy. Yeah, it, it, is, it right. is creepy. Um, Let's see. He struck out a combined between AAA and the Major League. I got it. 17 times. 17 times. Yeah. So, 22 uh, yeah. if you go back to 2017 and 36 games you have to combine the last 3 seasons to get how many strike to get more strikeouts than Travis Shaw had in spring training he had 25 strikeouts so far <laughs> Travis Shaw man, take a pitch to take a couple pitches bud like settle down at the plate Willens is I mean he's just so fun to watch Jake and I think we talked about him about a month ago and now I wrote up some stuff on fan tracks and it's hard to get excited about the catcher position but you know, just for the fact that he can play everywhere, move around, and Snow got hurt, that's better for him. When they brought I'm in Marwin, I was plays, though. I was a little bit bummed when they brought in Marwin. So I was like, oh, where's this guy going to play? Because he can catch. I know they won't have Caster there. He's a good defensive catcher. But he can play in the outfield. He's played in the outfield before, believe it or not. He can play at third. He can play at first. Like DH. He can, yeah, and he I mean he's a big boy, but he can. He's got run. a cool nickname. Yeah, he can. I, what's the nickname? La Tortuga. Ah, nice. He, and he's so fun. Like he was. It just makes me think of that Jack Sparrow song, that, <laughs> the Lonely Boys. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know Tortuga. <laughs> <laughs> he was biked up the other day for a preseason game and he had a translator and they were asking him some questions like he was playing center field or whatever and he like ran down a ball and and they asked him like what was that experience like and he was just like man i looked like kobe bryant out there like he's just fun like he's he he's and like get to know this guy hey, you're right you brought up some numbers 97 big league appearances last year played appearances 3k 286 in AAA, 14k he played in the winter league baseball i think it was like 14 strikeouts as well and i'm sure you this is why you brought it up he had one walk and zero strikeouts in his first 50 spring at bats yeah. like, that's just unbelievable like making contact like crazy it's he's he's gonna be fun to watch and minnesota's gonna have to play him he's going to play himself into at least 300 at bats or something like that Yes, a hundred percent. By the way, I, I looked it up while you were telling me all that. 
Mm. I still can't believe that that's, that took him that long to get this first strikeout. It's the <laughs> jester of Tortuga, by the way. You've seen that the whole. Yeah. You've seen the Jack Sparrow with Michael yes. Bolton, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So if anybody hasn't, go look it up. By the way, it's Jack Sparrow featuring Michael. It's the Lonely Boys or Lonely Island. Lon- yeah, the lo- yeah, Lonely Island. Yeah. It's a, this is the tale of Captain Jack Sparrow, pirate so brave on the seven seas. I've watched it like 17 well times in a row like two weeks ago for some reason. I don't remember oh, really? how, I don't remember why it came back into my mind, but I was like, I got to go watch this again. I just like, I put it on a loop too, just because it's so good. It's something I'll be doing immediately. <laughs> it's, and it's, it's one of their top three. Like that's definitely like, that's up there with I'm on a boat. I don't know. I have, we might have to do that one day. It's like rank the Lonely Island songs. That would be good. Make some sort of list. Yeah. Oh yeah. We haven't done that in a while. It's been a while. We got too much to get to today. There was too much sidetracking. Yeah. Uh, you know who wants $10 million? <laughs> Tony Romo. Tony F and Romo. Man, so give it to look. Me. This is, uh, I, I, I'm so conflicted on this. On the one hand, like you don't deserve $10 million. Not you as in nobody does. Right, right. We're watching football no matter who's, but here's where I'll say, this is the decision. I think where it comes down to is how much does he deserve to get for what he does? Because Obviously, if CBS doesn't pull what they did with the supposed report that in the Super Bowl they told them to chill out and not call all those plays, if they're allowed to do that, it's a spectacle to watch a game with Tony Romo because it's, it's entertaining. It's like, oh, my God, he's calling this. Oh, my God, he's calling this. He knows what's going It was entertaining to have Tony Romo calling the game you're watching. So where, this is how I break it down, Chris. And this is going to say how valuable is Tony Romo. If your choice right now to go flip on the TV and you can get to go watch Patriots versus Saints with you know announcer A and B or and I'm talking like that's why I said I'm not even talking about like the second wrong people I'm not even talking about like bring back Phil Sims even though people hate it I'm talking about just no name people kind of boring but you get to watch Patriots Saints actually here I'll do, I'll do one better you watch Patriots Saints muted or <laughs> of announcing muted that'd be kind of weird to watch entire muted so I've, you can, I've been there before. I've watched. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you go to a game in real life, all you have is a stadium noise. So you can watch Patriots Saints with no announcers, or you can watch Bills Cardinals with Tony Romo. Which game are you going to watch? I, I want to watch the one with Tony Romo. I, I don't believe you. Man, listen, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm such a fan of Tony Romo, and it's You're crazy Canadian, because a couple of years ago, yeah, <laughs> whatever, a couple of years ago, I couldn't stand this guy. Obviously, you know, I. I'm an Eagles guy, so Tony Romo and anything the Cowboys did disgusted me. I didn't want any part of it. All right, Dolphins, Cardinals, because at least Josh Allen's on the Bills. I want to listen to Tony Romo. <laughs> I need to listen to Tony Romo, and it's not you even about him calling Fitzpatrick throwing interceptions. <laughs> it's not even about him calling plays and calling them correctly, and like that was impressive. But for you and I who have have been watching Tony Romo since day one, for me at least, he's exciting. He He's he's so passionate. You can tell he's such a fan. He gets it, and he and he just I just love players who, like you go look at Aikman. Aikman's making seven point five. Why can't Tony Romo make ten? And this is just it's like any other sport. I don't really see that. As it continues to go up, these guys continue to get money. No, they're not worth ten million dollars. No, Aikman's right. not worth seven point five. No, it's just the way it is. If CBS decides not to give him ten, somebody is going to pay him ten, guaranteed. He's going to get it somewhere else. So it's good on Tony Romo too. And I think he even has another year left in his contract. But since he's called 
and plays left, right, and center, rubbing his magic ball, crystal ball, like he might as well just sell high on himself right now and try to get as much as he can. And I, I'm sure that's what he's doing. But listen, what I like about it is he just played in the NFL not that long ago. I saw a game, I think it was last year, when he's talking about Luke Keekley about how in his huddle he called the play and it was really hush-hush, and all of a sudden he went up to the line and Luke Keekley called his play out what he was going to do, and that just blew Tony Romo away. He's like, how the hell does he know what I'm going to hold call? On, this is unbelievable. I got, I got one better. <laughs> I love hearing that stuff. You, you can watch Tony Romo, but in the chair next to him is Jason Witten. Oh no! Yeah, that's that's an issue. Does, that's does he pull enough that you can deal with whoever's next to him? Yeah, um, J- those two together wouldn't be great. I mean, they'd be telling cowboy <laughs> stories and getting sidetracked. Boxers yeah. like, thank you, Jason Witten, for going back to football. Thank <laughs> you so much. We got out of that contract. We didn't know what we were gonna do. We appreciate it. Like, I wonder if somebody in the back channels kind of like somehow orchestrated this secretly. <laughs> like, they get him. Hey, you know. Your, your, your old team still doesn't have a real answer at tight end. You ever thought about just, you know, you know lacing them back up again? <laughs> yeah, listen, you don't have to be in the booth for 10 years. You know, Gruden went back on the football field for, you know, he waited a long time. You can go back right away. a job for here for you when you retire again. No. Yeah. But, but, but we can tell you. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was hard to watch. He was hard to listen to. Yeah, he, he was rough. Look, see, I, no I, and I completely... I completely understand where you're coming from because for baseball fans out there and anybody who's ever seen a Nationals broadcast, oh my God, I cannot. Right. Actually, Nationals or Orioles, I am the worst damn market because I'm in Masson. I'm in Masson 1 and 2. That's the Orioles and Nationals. So anytime a team I want to watch plays those games or basically anytime I want to just flip to those channels, those games are on. And those set of announcers are by far two of the worst. And all They're homers, market. big homers. And that's the worst part is, especially when it comes to the Nationals, it's not even just they're not entertaining to listen to. Is yes, you just said, they're beyond homers. Like, oh, my God. I mean, they could be losing 12 to 1, and it'd be like, well, you know, they just hit a couple lucky pitches today. And like, no, your uh, pitcher sucked ass. Like, yeah. just shut up. And it's, oh. And then the worst part, too, is the one um, was F.P. Santangelo. Every time an opponent – you know, finally it lets up a hit for the first inning, first batter. Oh, there goes there goes no hitter. Hitter. yeah. My old man is a Nationals fan because, like, I we both used to be Expos. We grew up Expos, went to the ballpark all the time. And FB Santangelo, I think there's like an Expos connection there with him as well. But, um, yeah, he so he carried on to watch to, to be a Nationals guy. I, I followed Vlad and, and went where the Angels wrote. And he says the same thing to me. He's like, you know what? I'm a Nationals fan, but sometimes these two, they're too much for me. I don't need to hear in the first inning, there goes the no-hitter. Like, I don't – I don't, and they, they're they drawing up excuses all the time. That can get extremely annoying. I'm it was even worse when the, the third was in there, the former player that I can't – I'm just my brain farting right now. I can't think of his name. Was it Sean Casey? Uh, no, it wasn't Sean Casey. It was the other yeah, one. Oh, no. God, I, I can picture him, too. It was like a Charlie Slows or Slows or No, it was some like – and he made it even worse. Oh, Rob Dibble. Okay, yeah, that's who it is, yeah. That was even worse at that time. So, I mean, it could always be worse. But the reason I say that is because, you know, like I like listening to Matt Vaskirgen. Yeah, he's great. And this is not a homer. If anybody's out there, I look, you know that I could care less, couldn't care less about the Mets right now. Their trio is still arguably the best in baseball. I mean, there's a reason that, you know, you have – uh, Ron Darling that gets to do Fox and other things is because they pull because they're so good and like the thing that is it's funny about it is Keith Hernandez is a homer but he's a homer for his 1980s Mets he's not a homer <laughs> now he's like everything when he played baseball was the most amazing thing ever and it's just like I, I don't know that 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 trio is you know maybe for it not everybody is one of my five favorites 
Yeah, it's Van Skersen is is great. I just picked up MLB the show last night. I haven't had a chance to play it. He's he does the the voice for it. Yeah, voice for it. I I think he's phenomenal. I think he's fantastic. But that's like with most of these teams, though. The color guy has got a connection with the team, whether he's a former player and he could be borderline player or whatever it is. And you know, they they talk up their squads all the time, right? Um, for the Angels, Mark Gubiza, I mean, he's great. He's awesome to listen to. And they'll have him sometimes on national broadcasts, the color guy, but he's the same way. He's, you know, he's everything the Angels do is very, very good. Like, he'll just, he'll always say that. But, I mean, Hawk Harrelson, how about that guy? I mean, everything. 3-1 yeah. for the good guys. 3-1 for the you know, bad guys. Like, everything. You know who impresses me? Them. To pull to you and hockey? Yeah. is the who's the biggest like, i don't even know i can't think of his name right now um the biggest hockey guy like the biggest don hockey. Cherry? is it no i don't know that guy's in the news a lot lately don't no, no 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 the announcer wise oh uh doc emmerich yeah is doc emmerich yeah nbc guy yeah nbc guy that he just he keeps going non-stop but it never it's never abrasive it's never over the top and it's just it's like that's the one. Like I, I try to watch the Rangers sometimes, especially if they're in the playoffs. They're, I, I, I think there's such a chasm of a gap from him to everybody. Like I think it's like Gronkowski, the rest of the tight ends. Like he yeah. is just so good at calling hockey that it's just he's it's, the best. He's the absolute best. I don't best. know how he does it. I'm, I'm such a fan of his, and sometimes like I'm such a sports fan. People are listening that are not sure. Like I've, I've sat down and I've listened to Doc Emmerich. 15 minutes on YouTube, Doc Emmer calls. <laughs> it's like, I just get so passionate about the game, especially when it comes to playoff time and he does them. And there's so many great calls from him in overtime. He just gets so amped and excited, like off the pipe and sit down the eyes. Right, see? Like he is just all, no matter what team. And I know that he has a soft spot for the Rangers. But then the he keeps Devils going. Because, yeah. And he just keeps going and he has so many stories. He's got a great voice. Um, yeah. He's phenomenal. And I get bummed out because I'm north of the border. I don't get a lot of Doc Emmerich. I get the Wednesday night robbery games, the Sunday afternoon games. They'll show those ones. I do have the NHL package so I can find it. But for the most part, come playoff time, it's, you know, the guy who's calling the game, the series that I want to watch is not Doc. Like, I want, I want Doc so, front row and center. I think he's the best in the business for sure. So do you know, back in 2014, there was somebody that tweeted, and he has 153 different ways that Emmerich has described how the puck is moving. Oh, really? Like, and that's, uh, that's the other point yeah. about it. It's like, why is not abrasive? Because he's also not repetitive. He just, yeah. his vocabulary is off the charts. The, the fact it that is. it's not, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, he's got grabbed, guides, handles, handed, handled, ho- hopped, intercepted, kicked, knifed. And I'm just in the middle section, obviously, because it's alphabetical. It's ridiculous. And there's like, uh, what is this one? It's slowed, sourced. Or oh, yeah. Sword, so, sorry, he- soccer. Oh, no, soccer. Soccer. He, so he tiny. says Sorry, like, I can read people. <laughs> he says things like like juiced up, like just yeah. He yeah. throws in random words Gallop like that. Yeah, it, when a team has got some momentum and they're and they're flying, like you'll hear some team some announcers say, "Oh, they're you know they're really going now, or they're flying." And it's just like, "Oh, you know, Ovechkin's juiced up right now." <laughs> you know, just like little things. It's like, yeah, he he's he, he's the best. He really is the best. Um, he's got no basically. He's got like the play by play of the best baseball commentator with that soccer dude mixed in where he could just go bananas, but he pulls it like he never stops. Like there's like, like you said, off the puzzle. Like he's yeah. right into it. He doesn't stop. He doesn't miss a beat. He didn't miss a pass. It's just, he, it's he did um, a Pittsburgh pirates game 
for hey? I think it was a couple years ago. A few was it nonstop just over the PA. <laughs> yeah, he he joined the crew. I, I saw a couple clips. I'd have to go back and don't remember it all, but he was such a I guess he was such a big Pirates fan back in the day, and you know they just gave him. They just said, "Hey, listen, you know you want to come on for one of the games," and and he helped and he called the some of the action. But so yeah, I turned it. I would I would listen for that because I would listen yeah. to see if he ever stopped yeah. talking in a baseball broadcast because it's a baseball broadcast. I mean, at some point you run out of things to say. Yeah, there's I was a listening. lot of silence. We got to move on from this, but I was I forget who it was. I was listening to one in the car one day and I'm not kidding you. It was a good seven to eight seconds and I don't know the exact number because I only started counting after like the second or third time it happened. Mm. And I'm like, you can't have that much radio silence. Like it's <laughs> a, a, like here, I'm just going to real quick. Okay, look, I'm going to even pull up my phone and time it real quick. We didn't, you didn't lose audio. I just want everybody like, this is the three second, no audio pause. That was three. Yeah. That sounded like, did, tell me that it sounded like a minute. Like, you can't do that on radio. My, my, my biggest fear, when I first got into the business, I was working at Classic Rock Station, and I had the night shift. And, that was my, and that's how they started me off. They said, listen, you're going to be from midnight until 5 in the morning on weekends. Nobody's going to hear you. And anybody that does, they're just drunk, and they're not going to remember. <laughs> and my boss, the program director, just said, listen, the one thing that you need to remember, obviously, no swearing. You didn't have to tell me that. But no silence like you can't go more than three seconds like alarms will go no dead air is not good for us but oh, when, yeah, you, when you're starting alarm. and you're thinking like one second feels like five right and 10 to your point like 10 would hawk carlson listen the people that are listening right now i know you've known go and watch some youtube videos on him and just like t- type in hawk carlson angry or whatever and there's one play and i know it's television but i think some of the games in chicago go you know on local radio there's one play where they're playing Seattle and I think they're up by four in the ninth and somebody gives up a grand slam. He doesn't say anything for a minute. He's just so <laughs> angry and ticked off. He does not say the game is tied. You hear the crowd, you just assume. And then the next guy comes up to the plate and he says, own one. <laughs> and then he just like, there's silence and he's just like, gosh, darn it. <laughs> like game's tied. <laughs> it's like, man, like a minute and a half. I could have been listening on radio. I have no idea what just happened. Like, what's, what do you, what do you, like, do your job? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's some, some people are like that. All right. So this, this will be interesting. Do you, should I, there's, I'm looking straight across the room and there's not a big one and they don't bother me like they used to for some, I don't know. It never happened. Like, it wasn't like one day I woke up and I'm like, you know what? Spiders don't bother me anymore. Spiders used to bother me. Like if I tried to kill one, I would do it with like, my arm reached away. And I was like, oh my God, I can't imagine if it like reached out like or made it outside of the napkin and jumped on me or something like, I don't know. I, maybe it was from watching. It wasn't arachnophobia, everybody. It was a different watch. movie where the end of the movie ended and it was a thriller horror. And the end of the movie was basically the entire town was covered in webs. I don't remember what it was. If anybody remembers what this is, let me know. And I mean, there was like spiders coming in through the houses and droves and stuff. It was not arachnophobia. And so just so everybody knows. In any case, I don't know if that freaked me out, but there's just a tiny one that I'm looking straight across the room at. And I'm like, should should I get up in mid radio and go kill it and just let you try to fill the dead space? (laughs) Or just Because it's one of those things like by the end of the show, I'm not going to know where it went. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I would 100% be getting that. I would be so like, hold on. All right, so here, back. look. Right back. I'm going to do it. I keep yeah. You can still hear me? I can still hear you, yes. I am yelling across the room and killing this spider. And I like nope. the yeah, but make sure you get it. If you miss it, if you miss it, then... Yeah. Not live. 
when you miss it, that's the worst, right? You mi- you went for it, you missed it, and now you don't know where the spider is. I'm not a fan, and I don't like to watch any movies. And that doesn't bother me as much as it used to. I don't know why, but what still freaks me out to this day is I don't do, like, roach books. Like, those are like... Ooh, we were at Tout Wars and one of the tables in the lobby of the hotel. And look, it's, it's New York, so it's a nice hotel. It was a very nice hotel, and still, yeah. it just happens in New York. Yeah. But uh, there was one, and Paul Spore and I were sitting at the table, and the thing just starts crawling across. And it's king size because it's New York. And I, like, I, I'm pretty sure I shot five feet back in the air and long jumped in. Just because I'm, just, I'm not doing roaches. I'm not. No. The cockroaches are bad in Toronto. I've never experienced it, but I hear about, you know, some buildings shutting down in some places. Oh, and the worst is if they can fly. Yeah. That's a whole new level. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Transition. Screaming about things. Yeah. There's your transition. Oh, very nice. Real quick. And we have to talk about this today because it won't be very relevant in a week. NCAA tournament's going on. How are your picks, by the way? I mean, it's great. I think I'm second in the athletic pool, but let's be honest, nothing really has happened. I mean, there's been no no upsets. See, that's the thing is four ones, four twos, four threes, four fours. Exactly. Is I I didn't I kept going through my bracket like I have too many ones, twos, threes, and fours. I like This is what we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. And That's exactly what. The, that's exactly what we got. Yeah, last week we, you you mentioned it. It's like it's you want to pick a couple upsets, but yeah, I think your exact words were you know it's hard to you know fade the chalk and feel like there's some of these teams are actually going to lose. And I was right there with you. So we'll get down to it. Like I have Tennessee in the final four. I got Oregon beating. I got Oregon winning one more game against Virginia. So we'll get down to whether I'll have um, a legit my, chance or not. But my I don't initial, feel as good about Duke anymore, though. I don't. Like, no some issues. My initial run bracket, the fir- like the one where I was like, you know what? I always do my I always do my first like this is just what I feel. I think we talked about this too. And then I start to you know try and break it down and figure out and try to get a really good bracket or whatever. My initial first run bracket is killing it because that's the bracket that is like I have too many top seeds winning. Like not just one, two, threes, and fours, but I have too many favorites winning. Mm. And then I tinkered with it a little bit too much. And the CBS one, like you said, the one we're doing with the athletic. Uh, I still have my whole full Elite Eight because it's Duke, Michigan State, Virginia, Tennessee, Carolina, Kentucky, Gonzaga, and Michigan. So I still have that. I have a hell of a lot of the Sweet 16. I'm only missing three teams. But that's the thing. It's like I took Houston to get upset by Iowa State, who didn't even make it past the first round because I was like, all right, let's start being different here. I took New Mexico State to make it to North Carolina. And those are the – actually, those are the two biggest – mistakes I made outside of like a first round miss here or there. I think I missed like two or three in the first round outside of that. But that was the thing. I was trying to make it different because it's like, this doesn't happen. But no, like it, you said, it's all ones, twos, threes, and uh, you know, mostly four. So uh, it's not even Duke. But I mean, like you said, I think there's a legitimate concern after that game. They kind of got a blueprint of how you slow down Duke. Although yeah, that's the thing. The see. blueprint. That's the key. Yeah, they, right. They, they really did get a blueprint from it. So that's, that's the key for me. But, I mean, they can't hit a three. We know that. Like, I mean, it was such a phenomenal game. But Duke really should have lost that game. And I, I wonder if they – I have them beating up with Gonzaga. And I guess if – you know, if I could – Gonzaga hadn't played anyone really good. But, man, they've looked real nice. I just – if I could choose right now – That might be a difference right for you. Yeah, I would, I would go ahead and, and probably flip those two. But – yeah, the only thing I got wrong here in my Sweet 16 is I had LSU losing, um, you know, to Belmont, I think, in the second round. Belmont didn't even get that first win. Yeah. So that, that's the Belmont one thing. Hot pick. That's the one I didn't go with. And, yeah. hey, did you notice my Liberty ODU hate didn't work? 
Yeah, and it didn't work. Liberty no. won it. What do you lost? <laughs> yeah, I had Liberty moving on there. My big team, and that's the sneaker sleeper one for me. The sneaky one that I got. I went to combine sneaky and sleeper in there, and I got. I got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Oregon. They came in hot. They've been really, really impressive. Oregon too. Down the stretch, uh, Virginia. Their first game was really interesting. They probably passed the test. They they needed that type of game, and and their offense is is much better than the years past. So they'll probably be be fine. But yeah, man, Duke. We knew this though. We talked about it. They can't hit a three, and that that's a problem. That's an issue when you get down to some of these games. And, and that was the blueprint: is hey, yeah. go ahead and pop up shots for wherever you want. We're just gonna take exactly. It yeah, go ahead. We'll force you to to. Hit the problem is, is if you get hot. And you're yeah. giving them open shots. And again, this isn't the normal Duke team that normally would be like, oh, they're going to get hot on their own. But there's just, you're just always a threat there. There's just so much talent top to bottom. I mean, I, yeah. I still think they're okay. I think like that, UNC getting their scare, I think sometimes those scares help them. But the one I wanted to talk about and just get your opinion on was, I don't know if you saw the Michigan State game where Tom Izzo lost his mind. Yeah. And it's not the first time like we've seen Tom Izzo get fired up. Look, look. Coaches get fired up in all sports from top to level. But we always, you know, kind of notice a little bit more when it's college. And this has nothing, like, I, that's, look, we're not doing the whole, the coaches are getting paid, the players aren't. Like, that's a completely different topic. I mean, we're kind of, like, mixing topics when you say, like, it's kind of weird, you know, this guy's getting $6 million and yelling at a kid that's making nothing. Like, that's a different story. It's still a different feel when you see Bill Belichick screaming in another adult's face versus... Tom Izzo screaming in the face of a kid who's 18 or 19. That's what, uh, I, just, I want to take the money out of it. I just want to say an adult who's 50-something yelling at an 18-year-old kid. Like, that's just – and it kind of – whether it t- turns you into parent protective mode or whatever, it's just – it always feels to me a little bit off-putting when you see it happen. When you see it happen to that level with the whole – and people are going to talk about, you put your finger in my face because that's just always offensive in general. Like, it's not even the finger. It's just – how do you always feel about that, Chris? Because I, and I, don't, and I don't think we have a real answer here, but I think that most people who saw that would say, you know what, you went too far. But at the same time, you have the counter argument of, well, you get what you got out of the kids and you get a win. You know, you woke them up. You got them to do what you wanted to do. And it's that fine line of, you know, what is too much and is it too much? And were you, did you think Izzo was a little bit over the top? I think... Yeah, it's you're right. It is a fine line. It's it's a really good debate, you know, because a lot of coaches that are coming in now are are trying to be, they're trying to form relationships with some of these players and be like a buddy buddy and you know act you like one of the players, right? Like a younger coach, and you know, you see this especially I think in hockey or you know the Tampa Bay Lightning is one of their coaches is the same age as a lot of their players, and they grew up he coached them in minors like in their farm team and he's he's now coaching them in the nhl and there's a relationship there he's really cool calm collected um but yeah Izzo is obviously not going to change his ways i was fine with the original part like i I saw originally and i was like why is he freaking out he's on he's at there's a timeout it was a good play that was just made by his team he's out there at center court and he's just losing his mind i was like oh that's Izzo for you it's fine my one problem that i had with all of it was when they were sitting down and you you mentioned pointing the finger i don't like the point the finger in the face I do think that's a little disrespectful there's no need of that um and for who knows like to do that to an 18 year old 17 year old kid I mean that 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 kid could just all of a sudden snap and then you're really into you're opening up a can of worms for sure so I didn't like what he when he got up uh like because you could see in the huddle he said something obviously I think the player said something back to him and then he got up off his chair and he like got and the players had to hold him back like that was like a little whoa that's when it got a little bit too much for me but I have no like 
even some former players that he coached and other people are talking about how, you know, it's a sensitive world out there and people are being soft. Like I can't even repeat what, and I didn't even play high, high level. Like these guys are playing. I can't even repeat what one of my coaches had said to some players and what he did in dressing rooms and stuff like that. So I tough love. I get it. He, he did get the attention of his teammates. And, you know, I think it was, it was handled the right way from his, from his players because it could have been another way. Like if the players don't like the coach, they all turn on him. Players were grabbing Izzo. They were grabbing the, and, and everyone, and everything worked out. It could have been a whole lot worse. I'm in the park where it's okay for him to be aggressive and like that and to yell, but I don't want him. He shouldn't be touching anyone. He shouldn't be putting his finger in anyone. He shouldn't be getting up off his chair and like getting in, into his face. So he, he went over the line. He, he, he did. He, he, he did kind of go over the line, but I, I'm, I'm also on the side of like, I'm fine with him being aggressive like yelling like that like it's it's an it's an intense sport and anybody's ever played like they probably experienced a little bit of that in themselves and and the, and the kid was fine with it too like he was all right he spoke up and said like he has no issues as well yeah see and i can understand a little bit more too like you said you know you get back talk and i don't even care i'm not saying back talk as in a kid to adult because there's a certain level of respect too when it comes to adults like respect your elders one of the things i always taught is that you know even now at my age you know somebody 60 years old says something to me even if i disagree with them or even if they're off their rocker i'm not gonna call them and effing blah blah, blah blah like it's just just it's a level of respect hell it's respect to human to human it's right. just whatever so we don't know what the kid said back I can understand that, look, you're already fired up as a coach. You're already fired up in a competitive sport where people get fired up in general. If he said something back, that escalated the situation, and that's understandable. Again, like you said, it's the it, – we've seen before like when coaches grab jerseys or grab players by the necks or, you know, the finger in the face. No the screen, like, and also, I don't know what Izzo said. He might have said a little bit too much, too. Like, I'm not going to make an apology either way. I just think that in general, either way, Humans in general, like there's a difference between being soft and being respectful to what another human is. Like, like a perfect example is what you say, like, or not what you, but you see people saying on Twitter versus what they would actually say to you in your face. It's the yeah. tough guy online. And that's what I'm just saying. It's like, if you asked Izzo, I think after the fact, at least in my opinion, if he's who I think he is, I think he would say, you know what, I did overstep a little bit. And I think that's, I think that's where it comes down to is, is you know, yes, you're going to need to yell at people sometimes in a sport like that. I mean, we it, it, teammates yell at you. Tom Brady's on the sideline yelling right. at people. Like, exactly. It's sports. That's what happens. It doesn't make it right to go too far and take it to a whole other level. I think that's, that's – Yeah, no, I think you said it – I think you said it – yeah, beautifully. And and the guy who, and I forget his name right now, but I, I get the quote here too. You know, he's the first one to yell. He'll be the first one to cry. Uh, it's all him just caring for you. And again, like coaches go about things a little bit different and you start, the Izzos I think are, are starting to fade, uh, starting to fade out because, I mean, again, I'll go back to hockey. You know, as a Rangers guy, John Tortorello, I, got, I was surprised he got another job. Like, this guy, after one game, went to the opposing dressing room and wanted to start a fight. Like, he was just so intense with some of his players, and it rubbed people the wrong way. And hey, Eminem said he would watch the AAF if they were allowed to fight. I saw that. I saw and that. And Johnny yeah. Manziel said, I got you. And then, he got, and then I think somebody on the board was just like, okay, we'll talk. Like, if you want to be a partner, we'll, we'll talk about a Detroit team or something like that so yeah i mean it's it's an aggressive world out there it's you're gonna see some of this stuff but yeah you said it you said it right i mean it so doesn't it needs to be respectful to people that's, that's 
If you knew Johnny Manziel was going to throw down in his next game, would you watch the AAF game? <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'd like to see Johnny take a beating, to be honest with you. No, I mean, he had an okay I, – I, what do you have, an okay first start? Was he like three for five? I don't know. I legitimately stopped watching. I, yeah, I was invested I early on, and I was surprised at the quality of the football. But on the flip side, you just not invested. There's no fantasy team. And I understand some people out there are playing fantasy, but – there's you don't ha- nobody has a team unless you live in that city. I guess you could. Really- yeah, yeah, I've been a long time fan. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. that's the thing. Is like you know, I, I kind of I was digging the Apollos early on because some of the players I knew from you know years ago from some college players that never made in the NFL, some former players as we've seen in Trent Richardson and some of the teams and stuff like that. And I was kind of digging the uniforms of the Apollos and stuff. But at the same time, it's like I'm not really a fan. Like I, it's lacking. That's what I think the problem is with this league and how long it's going to last is whether or not you can get the invest, investment where you feel the, the intrinsic value, like that value of, Hey, this is my team. These are the players I care about, but I, we have baseball to get to before we get out of here. Cause we do, cause baseball season starting tomorrow. Yes. Finally, finally. here. Oh man. Fantasy wise real quick, because we're also going to do some quick awards and projections. Those shouldn't take too long at the end, but I'm loving that teams are saying, screw this Super 2 nonsense because Fernando Tatis, Eloy Jimenez, and we're assuming, unless something changes today, for all intents and purposes, it looks like it's happening, that Peter Alonzo, or no, I'm sorry, changed his name to Pete, dropped the R, Pete Alonzo. Oh, yeah, you didn't know that? No, I found that out like a week ago, I think, or whatever. So it's not, I'm not saying that like I thought everybody had kind of heard the same thing. I was, I thought I was the last to know. Uh, yeah, he dropped the R. He's Pete Alonzo now. Um, oh, all th- yeah, all three of them on the Major League roster, as well as who we're going to talk about in a second is Paddock for the Padres. Forget Super 2. They don't care. And uh, yeah, they're all up here to play. The future is here except for Vlad Guerrero and – you know, he, he's like the last one now. Yeah, and you know, if it's it's just it's not a good thing that he's hurt. But honestly, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be with this trio. The Jays have already said that, so it's good. You don't have to be completely bummed and be like, "Why isn't Vlad up? He's hurt right now. He'll be up soon." But this is amazing. I love I love to see it, and every baseball fan should be super excited. I mean, we've talked about this so many times how these kids need to play. It's the only sport in football they're ready to play. They play in hockey and basketball. They're playing right away. So uh, it's it's completely exciting man like both of these guys and for Jimenez like he's got tremendous power I don't know if anybody caught the the game last year the 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 young guns game whatever it was at the all-star weekend I mean this guy was crushing balls I think he hit one off that western metal supply company building like he's just got crazy crazy power I'm super excited about him and Tatis Jr. is is going to be exciting exciting as well I mean the Padres good for San Diego man making some moves, bringing up some of these kids. Manny Machado spoke up a couple weeks ago how he wanted him to be there and playing, and, you know, he's had a, he's had a decent spring. I mean, the average is not going to be great, but he's hitting doubles, hitting well, triples, got crazy speed. And, I was yeah. about to say Urias. Is, it, is he pronounced the same as Julio Urias, or does he pronounce his Urias differently? I think I he's, he think he's Urias, yeah. He's, Urias uh, or Urias. That's what I'm looking right now if he's the same as Julio. Who, by the way, a little sneaky like, hey. You remember this guy that was a top prospect that you top, want to just write off so quickly? Top prospect, is, but you know he's this move is, is not Urias, good for him. Like Urias, yeah, he's just Urias because Kinsler is. We can joke about Kinsler all we want, but when Kinsler's healthy, he's, he's productive. Fine. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Luis is not coming back unless something happens. Right, unless something happens, Kinsler's a leadoff year. guy for them. He's hitting balls out of the ballpark so Speaking far. Of pronunciations. Right. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I just no. Kind of, so, Odubel. 
which is, by the way, Bull, not Odubel. It's Odubel. Yeah. Odubel. Uh, do, you, do you know how he pronounces his last name? I just found out he was saying it wrong for years. Yeah, it's not, it's not Herrera, right? It's like, not. Can no. we all agree on just how to pronounce your same names? Like, the, the names the same. Like, why? Like, Jonathan Herrera, Russell Herrera. You know, like, her, it's all Herrera. And then, no, he's Herrera. Yeah, like, Herrera. And, and that's just, it's going to confuse I, me. I feel like you're trying to be different. Like, I know. Yeah. It's a foreign name, and they, of course, like there's the translation. But I feel like you're just trying to be different than everybody else. I've been pronouncing it wrong since day one, and I've been you know, like a borderline fan. I've been I'm a little you're intrigued. Still Herrera. I'm yeah. sorry, Herrera, and you know, and in him and Franco are in such good spots that I have I'm going to be intrigued with them certainly from a daily standpoint. I have some shares season long as well, but um, yeah, I've been pronouncing that wrong the entire time. Uh, but again, yeah. good good for these organizations bringing up the kids i'm excited man i want to see these so guys what are you expecting from tatis because i actually think if i have tatis no i don't even think i know if i have tatis i'm selling them right now yeah. immediately because the sky's gonna be the limit as of right now because here's the thing about tatis yes he's probably going to go 2020 and probably about maybe even 25 20 if he stays up there all year which he should unless something surprising happens maybe he gets hurt maybe he just really struggles and Urius is killing it and then they swap him out just to get him you know like the, the exposure remember how young this kid is 20 years old so yeah I, I all that being said i think you're looking at 2025 20, in the home runs about 20 in steals the problem is the batting average because of his plate discipline and it's going to be, I feel, like Justin Upton where you're going to be sitting there and going like, oh, my God, he hasn't shown up in the past two weeks. Like, what the hell is happening right now? And then he's going to catch fire and be ballistic. And, like, maybe that's when you sell high if you want to wait that long because it's like, hey, it's cool. I own Fernando Tatis. But right now with him on the opening day roster, you're going to have people out there that are, like, caught up in the hype, caught up in the young name, caught up in the potential he has because he should be one of the best players in baseball once he finally peaks for a good five years given his talent. At the same time, there is so much bust potential, especially this year, that I, I'm settling high right now. Yeah, I would, I would do the same, actually. It's with prospects. You know this. That's why you're bringing it up. It's, it's, a, it's a good tip and for anyone out there playing in redraft leagues. Honestly, like I, a couple redraft leagues, he went really early, the you know, fifth, sixth round. It's like I shake my head like, whoa, I like this kid and I like his prospects. But one, the shortstop position is there's a ton to offer. It's extremely deep. There's, there's a ton of talent there. I had him as a borderline top 20 shortstop before the news, and I've only moved him up a couple spots. Honestly, I still would rather like – Peraza. I'm, I'm, I like uh, Jorge Polanco, even though he's got dead arm right now. I like Anders. Like, I like some of these guys that I still think um, have, have good value for where they went in drafts. I know nobody's drafting right now, but yeah, he hasn't played. He hasn't seen one big league pitch yet. I mean, he's played spring. That's it. He hasn't even played AAA. So he's going to struggle at the plate. He's going to strike out. He's not going to give a good average. You're probably being really generous with 25-25. I think he could get there, but that would be a really, well, really good season. 20 on the steals. Yeah. Okay. 2020. Sure. Uh, yeah. Now's a good time to flirt to see what you can get. I mean, if he starts and he has an amazing April, that would be a better time to do it, to sell high on him. It, these prospects, these big name prospects, that's what you do with them all the time in redraft leagues. Well, and that comes down to you because yeah. if you want to sell, you're going to sell, you're selling high right now. That's, that's clear. Yes. To your point, if he starts off hot, there could potentially be a selling higher, a higher. Yeah, peak. could be. But if he starts off slow, 
So it's just, you know, it depends on what you do. You know, if you got him, if you drafted early and got him real late before there was even whispers of him even making the roster or the first three weeks, and you say, hey, you know what? There's no reason that I even want to sell high now. That's fine. The yeah. one I wouldn't sell high, I wouldn't sell a high on Eloy because my only no. concern with Eloy is being on the opening day roster, and he is. I would sell, and I'll co- combine these two for you, is I would sell high on Alonzo, though, because as much as I believe he deserves to be up there, we are talking about the Mets. Dominic Smith woke back up this spring trade because best shape of his life, but actually legitimately in shape because he used to be quite chunky. And then you still have J.D. Davis. You have Jed Lowry coming back. Todd Frazier is going to come back at some point. And not that he's going to be, hey, I deserve to start over Peter, Pete Alonzo at this point, but they're paying him money. He's going to get some start. It's just there's a lot of scenarios here where all of a sudden Pete Alonzo doesn't have the at-bats. Yeah, I wonder about Alonzo and where the at bats are going to come from. I know a they lot of the projections come, but yeah, I know a lot of the projections have him for 500, and sure, that's fine if he has 500 plate appearances, he's going to hit 20 bombs. But I think he's going to struggle more at the plate. To be honest with you, I think he's going to, I think he'll strike out more than uh, Jimenez and Tatis Jr. I think his average will probably be worse than those guys, but he has. He's got tremendous power and more so than Tatis Jr. And, you know, maybe even, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be as good as a hitter as Jimenez, but uh, he may have more more bombs in him this year. But, I mean, at the same time, what are you going to get? Like, you have to know your league mates if you're in with a couple, you know, New York guys, you know, potentially. I know I'm in a, in a league with a couple <laughs> of Mets guys that, that want him and value him a little bit more. So you know your league and, and shop him around. I don't think he's going to have the same kind of return as like a Tatis Jr., but I'm with you. I think, you know, the, he's my least – the guy I'm least excited about, I suppose. Pete Alonzo or yeah. Ryan Zimmerman? Uh, yeah, I don't – I would just take the upside, I think, on Alonzo. I mean, Zimmerman is uh, in a good spot in the lineup. Yeah, he was great. It, it's always been about health with him. Um, two years ago, he played over the top. He was completely healthy, and everything went his way. You, you could take the safety in, in Zimmerman. He's going to give you a better average. He's going to play every day as long as he's healthy. And like I said, he's in a really good spot in the lineup. He's going to be able to drive in some runs. So he's not going to hurt you anywhere. Where Alonzo, I mean, if you're playing in a points league where strikeouts are a negative, I mean, I think I honestly think he's going to strike out over 30% of the time. I think he's going to struggle. And I don't think his defense is all that good either. So I know he's going to play first. He can hide that a little bit. But uh, his defense is, is suspect. And nobody looks over there? Yeah, nobody. <laughs> nobody. Yeah, there's a guy over there. What's going on? Uh, speaking of first base, Matt Olson, in case anybody missed that, he hammate bone, broke it while swinging, which is a, a severe concern of mine. Because yeah. uh, that's the thing is it's not just, all right, he misses four to six weeks. It's does he have any power when he comes back? Uh, what's left in Matt Olson when he comes back? So, obviously, if you have an IL, hey, look, I got it right. If you have IL spot, you stash him. Uh, right now, I have him for about four hundred at bats, and I mean that might be fine. the The twenty home runs in those four hundred at bats might be a little bit aggressive, just because who the heck knows? Like, so it's just a huge risk at this point. But I want to talk about. The other name that we brought up. Oh, so also in case anybody missed, Souza's out for the year again. What did he say last week? That it would play itself out. That's what no, I said. Don't stop. Stop. No, that's exactly what I said. I didn't say an injury was. I said it was going to play itself out. That Adam Joe. This is exactly it, man. It's to a T. No, 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 no. 
Look, I'm going to text you this. I'm not, I'm not saying it didn't play itself out. What I'm saying is you're sitting here pulling the whole contract year thing, which is a myth. Contract year is a myth. No, I'm not talking contract year. I don't care. I know, but all, of, all, of, it's, all of it's myths. You're just, you know, well, you know what didn't play itself out? The Mets situation. Like, like there's a lot of them that didn't play themselves out. You know I, all I was saying is Steven Suther Jr. has never been, unfortunately, this That's guy fine. has played the, the Padre tape situation in the outfield hasn't played itself out. And that may not. Who knows what's going to – these guys are – I mean, I hear something about whether it's Cordero or oh, – um, These right guys Chris. are all tired? They're kids? No. Timestamp, 1130 – well, a little jumping ahead there, but yeah. March 27, 2019 at the NCAA. One outfielder is going to be vastly underranked. One is going to be vastly <laughs> over. And the yeah. other two are probably going to be somewhere in the middle at the end of the season. Who the hell knows who they are? Like, that, that's – yeah. I have no idea. As you said, I thought you were going to say one day it's, hey, you know, after what happened from Renfro last year, he deserves all the playing time. But then it's like, oh, look at the, what Franchi's putting together. Oh, Fran Mel Reyes is really like. like oh, no. I was just Manuel say, Margot is the best defender with some speed. It was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I know what's going to happen in San Diego. But for the Arizona, we were talking about uh, Marte and where he was going to find playing time on Andrew er, Jones. Like, Jones last year was so brutal defensively. (laughs) He was playing some right and some left. And that is. Well, at least Jones is going to be on the corner now. Yeah. So that, boom, he'll take. And then everyone can settle down if they love Florida. I feel better about Marte now. Yeah, of course. I was getting concerned. Actually, you know who else you can feel better about? Wilmer yeah. Flores. Flores, exactly. No so the people who like Flores and, you know, the, I could see I, I, I could see this, some excitement. I, I buried him down the second that Jones signed. I said, no, he's the odd man out. Now it's going to yeah. play, like I said, I'm going to move him back. Who's the junior gets hurt. Jones can go play right because he was playing some right and left in Baltimore, as I said. Like, he's not the same gold glove winner. And now Marte is going to get some playing time. It's all worked out in Arizona. RIP Sousa Jr. Again, another injury from him. But yeah, over in San Diego, I mean, Hunter Renfro was the guy for me. I said, listen, this is a, a still a top prospect. And I thought it was Renfro too. I, and he's had a brutal spring, just unbelievably <laughs> bad. He's in like a buck something. But see, that's the thing is, I and think Reyes is watching. tired. Reyes is fatigued. He can't well, get no, up. And, and that's why I'm saying is, I think there's going to be, there's all over the map because yeah. they have so many options that, as you just mentioned, if it was, Two options. If it was only one extra, let's say Will Myers, you know, this trade, the signing happens and they move Myers to the outfield and it's Renfro, Reyes, and Margot, and that's it. Like, let's, let's throw Franchi out of the conversation. Is it might have been a situation where, yeah, you know what? Renfro was good enough last year. It doesn't matter. He had a bad spring. Like, there's a lot of people out there that's like, hey, you know what? It's spring. And it's like, there's only so much to take out of it. Hitters are always more concerning than pitchers, but at the same time, it's like, hey, you would be. But because they have three other options, now it's like, oh, my God, Renfro. But guess what? Well, as you mentioned, he's tired. Well, what if Franchi comes out and he's like one for his first 21? And then it's Renfro's back in the lineup. And that, I just think it's going to be a, like a carousel of these four. Unless – did they send anybody down, hopefully? I don't know if they did. No, like – Problem. It, no, They're yeah. They're on the damn roster. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a complete mess, and it's going to be confusing. And I know everybody that was drafting uh, didn't know. What, I mean, I took a couple shares of both Reyes and Renfro. I have more Renfro. But, I mean, drafting this past week, a lot of these guys were basically free because nobody, nobody knew. And I no think at that point, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a great flyer. You can, I think Renfro is in there opening day as the fifth hitter in that lineup. I think, you know, Kinsler and Hosmer. Machado. It's what it should 
Myers. Yeah, Renfro. And then, um, you know, you don't want to see Tatis seven. He could potentially move himself up. But, I mean, yeah, Renfro at Grand seven Mill or five. Had eight extra base hits, 17 games, 12 for 46. Franchi, two-run homer on the other day. I mean, they just – and that's the problem. Is, I mean, just, it's all over I, Yeah, it's completely – I mean, you're going to lose know hair trying to figure it out. But, you know, to, like, not get frustrated about the Mets, that's the team that I'm going to be pulling for is, like, the Padres just to see the fun because you also got Chris Paddock over there, which everybody's going. But, so, do you want to guess? So, Labor, which drafts the first week of February, which is why I have Craig Kimbrell on my flipping bench right now. Mm-hmm. Which I'm so annoyed about because I don't want to go into it, but there was no Chris Paddock drafted at the time. So the first waivers ran this past week. It's a hundred dollar budget, Chris. There's no zero dollar bids. So if you blow your budget, which I have the past two years by (laughs) July, (laughs) Hey, I won two years ago doing it. I legitimately was not able to pick up anybody for the last two months of the season and won that league two years ago. Last year, did not work out as well. You had uh, injuries, right? You're getting injuries. Oh, yeah. I had so many injuries last year that your starting lineup is, is so everybody knows, you, know, you have 14 hitters and nine pitchers, right? Mm. I had more than half of a roster on the DL because oh, wow. I had 13 people in the DL at one point. I was like, I have half of a roster on the flipping DL. There's unlimited DL spots for anybody that wants to complain about that. But anyway, point being, there's no $0 bids. So, out of $100, what, if you knew Chris Paddock was out there, what would yeah. you have thrown down on $100 on Chris Paddock? Well, I, I, I mean, it obviously all depends on the makeup of your team if you're lacking starters. If, you're a solid if, team. You could if use I had a solid team, I wouldn't spend that much. I'd spend 30, 45, but 30. I'm a 37. I, all right, this is kind of a weird end to the episode, but Chris and I were talking so long. That was going about two hours, and we decided, you know what? This is going to be way too long of one episode. Let's split it up. So now there's not a real true ending, so we're kind of just stopping right here. We're in the middle of getting into fantasy baseball waivers, some that ran, some that you might be looking at for your own league. We're going to kind of pause right there and come back tomorrow with a ton of fancy baseball for tomorrow's quote-unquote episode. So I hope you enjoyed today. Jake and Chris, we'll talk to you tomorrow, kind of, although we already talked.